0: Hello, you're listening to a teacher podcast special. I'm Jo Erp, And I'm Danny Maloney. This time last year, uh, thinking back, we went live in May at the EPIC conference in Melbourne. Since then, we've spoken to some interesting people in the education sector for our podcasts, haven't we? Definitely educators from all around the world. So, to celebrate our first birthday, we thought it'd be nice to take a look back on some of our favourite podcast interviews from the last 12 months. Yeah, there were definitely so many to choose from. I know, uh, it was quite tough to narrow down, but um, I think we've got a good selection coming up. So first, let's take a look at the very first podcast series we
1: ran. Listeners who have been with us from the very beginning, so from May last year, will be aware of the research files, but for those who may be unaware, could you maybe explain the background to the series?
0: So the idea of the research files is really to give people an overview of current research out there in the education sector. Um, So each month we speak to researchers, they give us a snapshot of the findings and the implications for teachers, principals, people working on the ground. We've covered quite a few topics since last year, including teacher attention and attrition um, and the effects of high noise levels on student learning outcomes. Which episode stood out to you? Well they were all fantastic but uh, one that stands out for me was Dr Steve Zubrick. Um, he spoke to me in August at the ACR research conference about a huge study in Western Australia looking at the link between attendance and education outcomes. Here's what I had to say about one of the major findings.
2: Uh, was once uh, thought that, well, maybe there's a certain amount of school that any child can miss Mm -hmm. without it affecting their performance. Uh, But the story is a lot easier to tell than that. It's not a threshold effect. It's called a dose-response effect, so that each day a child misses school, uh, has a slight impact uh, on their NAPLAN performance. Now, the thing that's really important about that is that, in fact, those effects accumulate over time. So that we were able to observe that absences that occurred uh, two or three years prior to their NAPLAN results were still detect- detectable in the NAPLAN uh, results that the child uh, set in that particular year. Um.
0: Then there was the time where Julian Frelon, from right here at the Australian Council for Educational Research, uh, told us about the first international comparative study assessing the extent to which students know about, understand and can use ICT. Here he is explaining why buying more technology is not always the answer for schools.
2: There's also evidence in ICILS that just providing more technology is not always the solution. It seems as though there's a minimal threshold, and once that minimal threshold of access to ICT and the internet has been met, the challenge uh, in developing computer computer and information literacy comes down to providing coherent and considered learning programs rather than necessarily just providing more technology for students.
1: I think my favourite was actually Episode 9, which only came out last month. Um, It was when Professor Peter Barrett spoke to us, direct from the UK, about the results of his three-year study that looked at the connection between physical classroom design in primary schools and academic achievement. It was really practical.
3: And also, we came across classrooms where daylight wasn't being valued, if you like. Um, Just natural daylighting is is very good for us in health terms. And um, in some classrooms, there were a lot of displays on the windows of a There was furniture up against the windows and the opportunity to have that natural daylight was being being lost. So those sort of things are important and do have an impact. The third area was level of stimulation. And here there's been a big debate about should classrooms be calm so you can concentrate? Should they be um, visually complex so they're exciting? And what we found is shouldn't be chaotic, shouldn't be boring. Um, Should be somewhere in the middle, and that gives sufficient simulation for learning without actually being distracting or confusing.
0: One of the other podcast series we've run has been on teaching methods, and uh, experts there gave us a rundown on what was involved with different methods of instruction and the benefits.
1: I think my favourite was the very first in the series, which was actually with John Fleming. He's an advocate for the explicit instruction teaching model, so here's what he had to say.
3: But what the research, the evidence-based research, is crystal clear.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, You go back to 2000, to the National Reading Panel, 2005, the National Inquiry of Australia into teaching, uh, the Rose Reports in the UK, they're all saying the same thing, that uh, explicit
3: instruction is the way to go, that it needs to be skills-based then we need to virtually provide kids with the stepping stones uh, on a continuum for kids to achieve
0: success in reading, writing. What I would advocate is that the research is clear on what we should be doing. We need to teach those strategies to teachers um, and we need to support them in implementing them in terms of ongoing feedback, uh,
3: coaching.
0: And, of course, we can't forget when Andrew Douch explained to us the benefits of the flipped classroom.
3: The idea, for me, of the flipped classroom is by automating the things that are able to be automated, we free up time for the things that can't be automated. And, and those things, the things that can't be automated, tend to be the things, I think, in which teachers bring the most value to their students in the classroom. I mean, things like I guess wisdom and um, experience, and and being able to link concepts together, ask probing questions that that you know encourage students to think on a at a deeper level. Um, you know, giving quality feedback. Mm-hmm. You know. So, you know, just because the teachers recorded a video to explain that, that concept doesn't necessarily mean that students have to watch that at home. They could be watching that in the classroom while the teacher's working with another student um, on something that can't be automated. And, and that can all be happening simultaneously, um, which I, I would still call flipped learning, although it's probably not the traditional view of flipped learning where, where students would go home and watch a video <laughs> then come to class and do the homework.
1: And for our other podcast series, um, we actually based it around school improvement. With this one, we interviewed educators who have been the catalyst for change in their schools. These were schools where student results were lower than average, where behaviour may have
0: been an issue. So someone needed to step in and make a difference. Uh, The first one in the school improvement series was a chat with Principal Karen Endicott. Um, about her time at uh, Sarah Redfern High School in New South Wales. Uh, She's led several changes that are aimed at building staff and student capacity there. Uh, She had a few words of wisdom for colleagues who were looking to do the
2: same thing. So... The one thing that I say to people whenever you're implementing change is that you have to understand how to manage complex change. You have to have the evidence, you have to have the tools to not only drive change on data, but you also have to have the tools to drive change on changing people's mindset and changing people's culture. Step by step, we looked at, we analysed what exists, we we looked at, we reflected on, on things that were happening within the school that we didn't like. What were we doing well? What were not we doing well? Because I think it's really important, you can't go into a new environment and make a judgement. You're not part of their history, you're not part of their culture. So you that's why it's really important that they are the ones that analyses what exists. But then you also have to give them the the opportunity to look into the crystal ball about what they would like the place to be. And then people start to see, well, maybe we can do this.
0: Then in November last year, Principal Ray Boyd from Western Australia uh, elaborated on school improvement journey at West Beachborough Primary School in Perth. Again, one of my highlights of the last 12 months. One of the things that made an impact for their school was implementing a culture of observation and reflection.
4: Initially, we got teachers into the, pro, into the, um, the process of having another staff member actually watch them, watch them teach. Uh, and it wasn't for the teacher to critique what they were seeing. It was actually for the teacher who was observing to reflect on their own practices. The teachers were very used to having my administration team in their rooms every day and through their rooms observing, so it was just actually the next step. What we then did was, I say we, my my associate principal, Gail Higgins, then took um, the teaching performance standards uh, from AITSL, looked at all those, and then go okay how can our teachers demonstrate these within the context of west beach borough primary school right all right which was really critical we didn't want them jumping between two documents so we've created a, a school document and within that there's key things that we will observe when we go into a classroom for a formal observation
1: so it's been a very
0: busy year hasn't it yeah actually listening to all of those it has uh, there's still more to come though teacher listeners We've got a new podcast series now, Global Education, where we chat to experts about issues affecting the global education community and episode one of that is already out.
1: So don't forget to head to www.teachermagazine.com.au and check it out. All of our podcasts are available on the website, including the ones you've heard today.
0: Thanks to everyone who's listened this year. Um, For now, it's goodbye from the editorial team. Be sure to get in touch if you have any potential story ideas.
1: We're always keen to hear from our listeners.
0: For more information about this podcast and to access other articles and videos, visit www.teachermagazine.com.au or join our community on social media via Facebook and Twitter.